Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra extraordinary. So today on the call, we have Chad, Chad Dixon. Chad, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for being on the call with us today and sharing your insight and information about your journey. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Chad, do you want to tell us who is Chad Dixon? Um, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the upfront version of who I am on the outside to most people. You know, I'm a police officer now. I was in the military before that. But I think that, you know, deep down, once you get to personality traits, who someone is, is very different. In which case, you know, I'm just a driven individual that spends each day trying to get better than I was the day before. Okay. Um, so I like the fact that you mentioned there that, you know, that you were a driven individual, constantly driving yourself to be better than you were the day before. What do you think gave, gave rise to this drive? That's a great question. I think, you know, I've, I've always been motivated to do better than I did the day before things like that you know growing up being a kid it was always competitions with friends that that kind of started it because you always want to always want to push yourself harder than the other people and Mm -hmm. I think now it comes from from reading books and seeing people around me and just trying to be the best version of me I can be Awesome. And like you said, initially it started out just as like, you know, the playful competition with your peers. Um, but now it's more intentional where you take an intentional stance on that we are reading and realizing that, you know what, there is always more that I can do that I can give. Okay. So that's really powerful. And then Chad, do you want to tell us a bit about, Absolutely. I know you said that obviously you are a policeman and you were in the military previously. Do you want to tell us firstly what it is like being a policeman in the U.S. right now? Um, especially, I know last year there was a lot of um, defund the police and things like that going around. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about how it was for you personally being a police officer during this time? Yeah, um, so the community I come from, we have actually four military bases around here, and it's a very, very supportive community of law enforcement. Um but we also, we had some riots last year and things like that with the defund the police movements and all that type of stuff. And it's, it's interesting because depending on what sections of town you go into, you either see a lot of support or you see a lot of people that really hate you. Um, and so I think for me, the past year was spent just trying to kind of uh, mostly, sorry, mostly I work in the portions of town that are filled with people that hate police. Um, and I, I spent a lot of my time just going in trying to build relationships and trying to trying to work on those things to to make sure that the community knew that I was there to support them and you know do my job without being I mean racist in part but do my job without being biased or anything like that just based on who the people are yeah and I, I like that like that take that you just gave right now the fact that you know what um, the areas that you do work in is um, is obviously hotspots where people don't really appreciate or like the police, um, but that you can't you can't allow that perception to obviously cloud your judgment and your approach to the civilians because ultimately you are there to serve and protect. So I love the fact that you say that you know what I'm still going in there to do my job, and that is by building relationships at our start. Um, how do you think you manage to dissociate yourself from 
like whether it is the negative um, remarks people make or people not liking you because especially as a police officer you're putting your life on the line going out into these communities to obviously help them um, and for a normal individual it can be very difficult where you, it's something that you're in out of your way risking your life and people are out there maybe saying we dislike you or maybe wanting to even hurt you how do you think you detach yourself emotionally from being the victim in a situation like that instead of saying you know what i'm gonna try to be unbiased like you said and still and still serve to the greatest of my ability i honestly don't think you do detach yourself i think that you you take that that idea and that concept and you look at it and go you know you're allowed to think the way that you think but i want to be able to to act in the way that i act that creates that change in your mindset right if if i have the intention of going out there and knowing and keeping that in my mind that you may be biased or that you may be or you may be hurt or you may be any anything that you've come up with based on your past interactions with police officers and I take that all into account and then I move into that mind space with you and I go, look, I'm going to be that difference. I'm going to be that change. I'm going to be that different human that changes your mind instead of you changing mine. I, I think that's an important role to go out with. Um, you, you talk about, you know, the neighborhood recently, I was listening to something and it kind of struck this chord with me where, you know, a lot of people in those neighborhoods, they don't want to be crime ridden either but they're also fearful of what happens when they call the police based on the stigma and everything else. So you just gotta get into those neighborhoods and show them, look, I'm here, it's still my job to help you. It's still my job to, to protect you. It's still my job to enforce the law equally and without bias. And, and doing that, I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna set that example for you. And I'm gonna be that guy that changes your mind. I like that. I like the fact that you said, you know what, you out there to set an example. And it doesn't matter if, like, their perception is tainted by past experiences, but you can still be the one to show them that, you know what, not everybody's like this. And that could, in, that could be the spark that's needed to show people that, okay, maybe I've been, I've been judging everybody by the actions of one or few. Okay, so I really like that. That take that... Um, approach that you have and then you have been in iraq you served in iraq 2008 through the very beginning of 2009 mm -hmm. um and then i was in kirkuk which is in northern iraq so it's a mix of um it's mostly a kurdish state but it's a mix of people from all over uh it was an interesting time to say the least uh mm -hmm. a lot of people think that when you're up in Northern Iraq, it's not as bad as some of the other places were in Iraq. And to some degree that's accurate, but we still had our share of uh, rocket fire and small arms fire and things like that. Okay. And what did you say as an, as an individual going into a different country, trying to, you know, to bring peace or whatever your, your mission is, um, what, what is your take or what was your take before you went into it, especially knowing that, you know, you're going into uncharted territory and the possibility of you seeing your family again um, is slim. Um, how, how did you perceive it and what does it take before? And so I think well, you bring up an interesting point because when, when you think about going over to Iraq or to a foreign country through a war zone or something like that, there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of 
of concern. You base a lot of things off kind of the stories that people before you told you, which I think creates a bad starting point because oftentimes those people have a very different mentality than you. It, it gives you good information if you can go with like fact-based stuff. But most of the time, you know, when someone relays a story to you about being overseas or something like that, going into a, a dangerous environment, it's very emotion-based. And so I found that I reacted to it a lot different than a lot of the people that, that I had originally talked to about being over there. So my nerves actually calmed down quite a bit after, after a week or so of being there. Uh, and I imagine that's probably accurate for a lot of people, but it was, it was interesting to see the difference between the expectation and the reality. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a bit about um, what was the reality like and what was your initial expectation? Yeah, so I mean, I think your initial expectation, you're going there, you know, you see all the war movies, you listen to the people and you just expect mass chaos, right? You expect everyone that's there is going to want to try and kill you or hurt you and that uh, every corner you look around, you're going to be in a firefight and things like that. And the reality is you interact with the citizens there and they're just like the citizens pretty much anywhere I've ever been in the world, you know? They want to live their life. They want to go out. They want to... They want to have the, the nice life, nice, peaceful, quiet life that they deserve. And, and there's a few people in that mix that create problems for them. And just like we had talked about with uh, police work, you know, you, those, those people that are in Iraq, just the everyday citizens, they don't want the war fighters there. They don't want that to come create problems in their community. They want a nice, peaceful place where they can raise their kids, just like it is here with, with being in, you know, some of the, some of the, let's call them messier neighborhoods uh, where we're the same thing. You have, you have the families there. They just want a safe place to raise their kids. And I found that's pretty much a universal concept. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I can agree the fact that, like you said, it doesn't matter the neighborhood you come from. Um, the, it doesn't mean that everybody in the neighborhood is the same, whether it is in a, like you said, a po poverty stricken neighborhood or crime ridden neighborhood. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's criminals or gangsters or wanting to harm other people. Sometimes it's just that, like you said, the environment around them is tainted in that particular manner. Um, but maybe they also just want the safety um, to be able to, to raise the family and to get out of the neighborhood, essentially. And then what do you think is one, if you could give one of your, your, your biggest takeaways from your time in, in Iraq, what would that be? Um, I, I think probably my biggest takeaway from the time I was in Iraq was seeing the cultural differences and everything else. You see the differences in the way that the houses are built, the way that the families interact. You see the way that, you know, women talk to men and men talk to women and men talk to each other and kind of that social, social differences. But ultimately, deep down, it is the exact same thing, just like we talked about. You know, everyone wants a safe place to raise their kid. Everyone wants to feel safe in their home. They want to feel protected. It's, it's this universal truth, no matter where you go in the world, I think, that that deep down you have the essentially that Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you want that, that safe home, you want safety, you want shelter, you want food, you want water, you want all those things. And as long as you have that, you can find happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that you know that essentially a lot of, a lot of our everyday life is based around Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And even even if we can exchange many of the things like on there, but if we can look at what what is at the core 
the core like whether these are safety needs our physical needs um our needs to eat and things like that these are at the core and when people are not satisfied when those needs are not satisfied um not having enough food people will go through through like extreme lengths trying to get food whether it is robbing somebody or even in safety so all these things we need to understand that sometimes it's just that the needs are not being satisfied the lower needs and then chad tell me um what do you think or how do you think being in the military and spending the time in iraq how do you think it has contributed to your perception and your take on life right now uh the military for sure has added that that piece of discipline i think mm-hmm. um going back through you you know that you have to be focused and you have to maintain physical health and you have to maintain mental health and you have to do all those things to be kind of more effective in your job. And it, it's one of those that as I continue to move on in my career and on in my life and things like that, the, the core concepts of the military have paid off tremendously for me, you know, having, mm-hmm. having that physical discipline, having that mental discipline, but at the same time, living through the concepts of the military, you know, having integrity and being honorable and, and standing up for, for truth, justice, you know, those things that are, that are quote unquote right in the world. I think that's made a huge impact on me and it has allowed me to progress both in the career field that I have now, but also in my personal life because it causes you to, to like reflect on your, your relationships. It causes you to reflect on, um, I know it's paid off huge trying to raise my kid. Uh, Just, it, it used to be, I had a whole lot of that military discipline mentality with him but the the more I understand what that discipline truly means, the more accepting of him I've become, and the more the more open with him I've become. Just understanding that discipline is needed for any pursuit um, to get something that you don't have, and then even understanding that, like you said, you don't have to you don't have to instill the military concepts into your son, but understanding that what it does to teach him the importance of discipline. It's not necessarily saying you need to be disciplined in this particular way. But just understanding for him to get a, gain a better understanding of discipline, and that is the powerful part of it. It's not simply just following the mechanics, but understanding what the principles truly stand for. And like you even said there, um, setting your values, allowing you to say, okay, what are my values? What are the things that I consider really important in life and for my life? Whether it is peace, whether it is justice, um, these things are really important and powerful. And then um, I know you said you also, you love reading, you love David Goggins and that I saw you done the, his challenge recently. Do you want to tell us a bit about the challenge that you did recently? Yeah, I mean, that, that plays in tremendously to what we were just talking about with discipline. He just had his uh, four by four by 48 challenge. So what that was, was I, I ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours to to keep in line with what he was doing, I started at 9 p.m. local. So my first run started at 9 p.m. on a Friday night, and then I ran through Sunday, running every four hours. Um, and then I tied that back into my work. I raised money for a local charity here that gives body armor to, um, like rifle rated body armor to some of the police agencies around here mm-hmm. so that they can try and support them through that manner. and. I mean, ultimately, going back to what we had already touched on, that took a ton of discipline. It took a ton of inner strength and kind of that that knowledge that you get from 
from doing those things like we talked about from when you're growing up. You, you know, it starts as a competition with your friends. And then the older you get, you realize it's just a competition with yourself. And so it was just by the, by the end of those 48 hours, it was really just, can I be the one to keep going? Can I be the one to push myself a little further? Um, it was a very interesting time and I learned quite a bit about myself. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that you said, you know, it's challenging yourself, but it's during the moments when you're challenging yourself that you actually um, learn more about yourself. You learn more about your inner voice, your inner critic, and you learn how to actually turn that off to keep pushing through to what you really want. So that is the, the, really, the real importance of challenging yourself, Taking, being intentional and saying, you know what, whether it is David Goggins' challenge or whether it is doing something like climbing a mountain or something that, you know, um, it exceeds your current ability. Um, I wouldn't say dramatically, but at least a little bit, it needs to stretch it. And that is when you, are really, when you really come face to face with who you are and with how hard you are willing to go. Because in life, things are not always going to be easy. But, but setting the standard in those particular challenges allows you to always pull back on that like as David Goggins mentions about the cookie jar. So it's always been able to, you know what, you have that level of self-belief or self-efficacy because you've already did something. And that is the power that can drive you forward in life's hardships or life's challenges that are going to come that you have no control over. But now you know that when the inner critic comes on, you can say, you know what, this is something that I need to do and I'm going to do it in spite of maybe it being really difficult. So that's, that's really powerful, the intentional challenge. And then, um, Chad, where, where can people find you online? Uh, I have an Instagram account. It's under C.A. Dixon, and that's really all I've got right now. I don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of online. Okay. And, Chad, as a concluding question, do you want to tell us, what, what do you think, seeing that we spoke about challenges right now and how challenges um, basically – recreates a story with ourselves, okay, and what we're capable of doing. What do you think um, one, or what was one of the toughest things that you have had to go through or do in your life um, that you think greatly benefited you and still benefits you today? To give you a little more background, I've been through two different basic trainings. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went through once as enlisted and once as an officer. And I think going through both of those along with the police academy has, has created a lot of that that grit. Uh, when, when you go through your first basic training, it's like an experience you'll never have anywhere else in your life. Um, it, it really forces you to focus on, on who you are and who you want to become. Uh, it, it changes the way you think about yourself quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And the irony is when you go through a second one, you would think it would be the same and just as easy, but I found that they change just enough things that it causes you to stay on your toes again. And again, it pushes you uh, almost in a different way because having been through it once, it became more my job the second time around to kind of support the people around me. Whereas the first time it was all about my personal struggles. The second time it became about other people. Mm -hmm. And then on that third one, when I went in through the law enforcement Academy, it was really then about the, the broader people around me, right? Because at first it was about me, then it was about those close to me. And then in the law enforcement academy, I realized that it was going to be about my community and all those people around me. And so it was, it was an inner revelation, I guess, knowing that 
that each stage I grew a little more. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Chad, I would like to thank you for taking the time out of your day um, to chat to us and basically tell us about your experience. Thank, thank you, you. A. Thank you, A. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. So tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels, wishing you an amazing day. Stay winning. <laughs>